0: Misha here. If you enjoy our episodes on career pathways in healthcare or the STEM field at large, then I have the perfect podcast recommendation for you Raising Health. Previously called BioEats World, Raising Health comes from leading venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz, the same team behind the acclaimed A16Z podcast. Each episode, Raising Health dives deep into the heart of healthcare, biotech, and AI with venture capital investors and A16Z general partners. Along the way, they explore the real challenges and opportunities in health and biotech entrepreneurship. So whether you're interested in building a new digital healthcare company or your company is advancing a new novel medicine, Raising Health sheds light on some of the opportunities and obstacles along the founder's journey. Not to mention, you'll hear raw insights, actionable advice from notable guests like Omada CEO and co-founder Sean Duffy, an AI expert and in Citro CEO Daphne Kohler. Don't miss out. Follow Raising Health on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell them I sent you.
1: Hey Al, if you're looking for another great science podcast, check out Inquiring Minds. Each week, they host an in-depth interview with a scientist exploring the space where science, society, and politics collide. Whether it's exploring the life of a scientist at Monsanto, the tiny world of microbes in your gut, or even the science of gun violence, Inquiring Minds is informative, challenging, and hopefully entertaining. Check them out at motherjones.com slash inquiringminds, or subscribe in any podcasting app. A science story, huh? And I, so and
2: and I just thought really it I it, out. Wow. it was that golden moment because science
1: was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Saad Sarwana. It was recorded in January 2016 at the Crane Theatre in New York City as part of STEMFest 2016.
2: So I went to school in a very old uh, in English-language-speaking school in Pakistan, which was for, formed during the British Raj And it followed the GCEO and A-level system. And being an old school, it had a lot of British culture in it, so we had head boys, house captains. Think Hogwarts, for those of you. And ever since we were in first grade, they assigned class positions to everyone in the class. People in the first, second, who came first, second, and third got prizes. So ever since I was a child, I knew I was mediocre. (laughs) Absolutely, because the reason was that I wasn't a good student. I was a nerd. Let me explain the difference. A good student is good in all subjects, while a nerd like me was only good in math and physics, which basically got me nowhere, (laughs) because my grades in history and geography were, let's say, poor. (laughs) But all that changed in ninth grade. In ninth grade, they were finally going to give out a special prize for people in Physics, math, chemistry, biology, basically the STEM subjects. For the person who got the highest grade in those fields among everyone in that whole section, which is about 120 students. And so going into the final exam, this is totaling up all the midterms and pop quizzes. I wasn't going to win the physics prize. I was in the top 10, but I wasn't going to win. But for the math prize, I was near the top. And I wanted to win this thing. I was like in the top three. The only two people ahead of me were Sarah and Mustafa. Now Sarah and Mustafa were the future valedictorians, head boys, whatever you want to call them, the overachievers, and I had to beat them. So I wanted to study really hard and finally win the prize I deserved. So going into, at around this time, something strange also happened. Our math teacher suddenly left and we suddenly got a new math teacher, Mr. N. Now Mr. N's math skills may be slightly questionable. Because on the first day of class, he walked in and when he was given a hard time by the students, which is sort of a rite of passage for a substitute teacher, he yelled at them and said, both of you three stand up. (laughs) I don't know how that's possible, but it's either bad English or bad math. So he started teaching us these uh, math problems which you might remember with like two cars with different speeds and velocities and you had to plot speed on the y-axis and time on the x-axis. And I'm sure all of you are familiar with this. I wasn't exactly sure why he started teaching this. I wasn't sure if it was in our curriculum because in ninth grade I didn't know what a curriculum was. I later find out that he was actually substitute teaching the eleventh grade also. And this was right in their lesson plan, so he just basically was teaching the same thing because he didn't know anything else. So anything, this, this, these problems ended up appearing in the final exam. I'll try to recreate the problem as best as I can. And there were two cars. One was accelerating, was moving, accelerating very fast and going up to a speed of 5 meters per second in about 5 seconds. And car B was going up to a speed of 10 meters per second, but it was accelerating much slower. It was taking about 30 seconds to get there, and then they both moved at 5 and 10 meters per second, respectively. So if you had to plot this, you had to compute acceleration. Intuitively, you can understand one car is accelerating faster until it takes the lead, but the other car will eventually catch up because it has a final speed. And you had to find out the acceleration. And if you plot this on a graph, there's a point where the two, car, where the two lines intersect, and they asked a question like, what point, what time does car B overtake car A? And some people accidentally or incorrectly marked the point where these two lines intersected as the right answer, which is wrong, because that's the time when both cars are the same speed and not the same time. So everyone in the class got this question wrong. Actually, most people got this question wrong, including Sarah and Mustafa. There was only one person in the entire class who got this question right. That wasn't me it was Yasser. And Yasser actually had a brother in 11th grade. <laughs> so, so for the sake of my ego, I'd like to believe that that's how he got that question right. It might not be true, but it makes me feel better. So let's leave it at that. So I didn't know how to solve the question, which is actually solved properly with some algebraic equation, but I made some estimates and I gave an answer. And after the class, we were all confused. So we sort of talked to each other, and we figured out that Yasser had gotten it right. And so the next day, the exam results come back, and I look at my grade, and I've gotten zero on this answer. And Yasser looks confused, and Sarah and Mustafa are smiling, and I'm like, what's going on? And what has happened is the teacher has marked the wrong answer, the intersection point right for everybody in the class. He's messed up, so we immediately go up to the teacher, and he realizes his mistake, and he says, okay, yeah, yeah, sir, you deserve full credit. He gives him full credit, and he gives me some partial credit, which is what I deserved. absolutely fair. And I ask him immediately, what happened to the prize? Do I win the prize now? And he's like, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and check. So we go home. It's the longest day of my life. I come in. The next day to school, I run immediately into the teacher's lounge and start harassing the teacher. And I don't know if this is like some sort of HIPAA violation, but he showed me all everybody's grades. He just, (laughs) this is like, this is pre-excel, so it was actually on pieces of paper. He had everybody's grade written down, and you could clearly see that I'd come in third place. But it was obvious, Sarah and Mustafa had got their questions, marked right, even though they were wrong. So all that had to be done was their grades had to be reduced back downwards, and I'd win my prize. This was my prize. All I had to do was get get Mr. N to change the grades. But he refused to do it. He's like, I don't have the paper in front of me. I simply cannot do it. And I'm devastated. If everything was done fairly, I deserved that prize. I didn't want anything, ever. I just started breaking down. I was like in depression, all stages of depression. I was angry. I just went, stormed out of the teacher's lounge, and I went directly to the principal's office. And I just threw a hissy fit. I started crying. I'm like, look, it's my exam. It should have been done fairly. If he hadn't messed up, I would have won. You know, he's called in. The other math teacher has called in. And everybody's trying to figure out a way which everything can be done fairly. And what they decide is they're going to ask the students to bring their exams back to be regraded. Now, this is what happens when you're arguing with someone who are like future head boys or valedictorians they actually listen to their teachers. And they're organized. Me, you give me an exam paper, next day it's in the garbage in some bin, I'm not organized. But they actually asked Sarah and Mustafa to bring their grades back, and they bought it back. I don't think they were the real smart students in that case. <laughs> but as a result of this, their grades got adjusted downwards, and I won the prize. Yeah, I don't know, it didn't feel that great. <laughs> Everybody in school looked at me and was like, Hey, hide your papers. He's going to get your grades changed. <laughs> I, I wasn't well liked. It took, it took a long time for the students in, in my school to you know, get, come to terms with it. And I'm glad to say that Sarah and Mustafa and me are now still friends. Well, at least on Facebook we are. <laughs> so. But this did make me realize one thing, that in life it's more important... To win friends than to win awards. Thank you.
1: That was Saad Sarwana. Saad grew up in Pakistan and first moved to Canada and then eventually to the U.S. to attend graduate school in physics. He's a professional physicist by day and an amateur stand up comedian by night. He co-hosts the Science Channel show, Outrageous Acts of Science. Season 4 starts to air in February 2016. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wacht, Aaron Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Baer, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the Korean Theater for hosting the show, to Era Ziv, Helena Farhi, and everyone at the Horse Trade Theater Group for being amazing partners, and to Tests.